Hi, I'm Jonas Corchado. You can find me on Little America on Apple TV Plus, and I'm over here talking with El- Elias from the Men Cave Chronicles. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, Adrian. I did it. A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more from deep inside the Man Cave. Your host, Elias. Jernest, welcome to the cave. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? What's new with you? I am good. A lot of a lot of good things are happening. Um, you know, Little America just dropped about almost a month ago, and I feel like my life is changing That's every cool. day. You know, yeah. one day at a time. But That's great. It's, yeah. it's very beautiful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I was doing some research on you, I noticed that you've been busy uh, with you know various TV shows. You've done a few film appearances, and like you said, the Apple TV little america and we'll talk about that but i want the listeners to get to know a little little more about you where are you originally from i'm originally from puerto rico born and raised how was it uh, growing up yeah um it was pretty amazing honestly i don't i don't think i would be the person that i am today without that upbringing i have a huge family so it was you know everyone all my family was there i have probably like about 75 like or more cousins, like close cousins. I yeah. have so many uncles and aunts, and and a very you know I just have a very close family. So growing up there was um, was very beautiful. I got to go to like I had a normal upbringing. You know I went to school. I, I changed three times. I would start. I started acting when I was eight years old. Um, I was obsessed with like telenovelas. And Disney Channel, and I told my mom, I was like, oh, my God, I want to be like those kids on TV. <laughs> and, you know, in Puerto Rico, there's not that much, you know, there's not that much opportunity for, for kids or for adults to do film or yeah. cinema. I mean, at least back then, it was very, um, very low, um, the, the amount of opportunities. And they always kind of kept, you know, they kind of always worked with the same people. So it was really hard for me as a kid to to do much. But... I remember taking classes every Saturday of like acting and and eventually I did a few things. I, I had my first opportunity to work on a show. It was like um kind of um kind of like an anthology series. It was it was called Esto Pasa Aquí and I remember it was my lead my first lead role on a on a TV show. So I worked as like a girl that was like getting adopted and so after that then I did um I did a novella as well. It was little you know little things here and there. Um, and yeah, and so I kept I kept doing that. I kept studying acting over there. I was in a class for psychology of acting when I was thirteen with adults. That kind of changed my life too. Oh. So I became like more mature. I was always very mature for my age because I think I think through acting you you become very mature. You have to like analyze human like humans yeah. so young, you know. So I think acting really made me very like more mature than than a lot of the kids my age. So when I was 13, I took this psychology of acting class with like people that were older than tw- like 25 or 30 and 40 and even 50. And it was really interesting. I think that's when I started learning a lot more about about humans and 
after that, um, a little bit after that, like two years after that, this camp called Celebrity Actors Camp back then, it was run by Adrian Armante, who was Esteban Ramirez Montoya from like Zach and Cody. I don't know if you remember that show on Disney Channel. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so he came and he he was trying to find, um, you know, talent, young kids who wanted to be in Hollywood. And I remember basically I just and this is some something that I want to like bring up right now. It's the fact that I feel like I've always been a very strong believer and in that things come to you sometimes that if you pray for them and if you really like ask the universe for them, that you ultimately the universe will put them in your like in your journey or like will somehow like get you there and so i remember um it's funny because if you have time i'll tell you this story um but basically i had a a cousin like uh, someone from the family an uncle told me he was like making fun of me because his niece which i didn't know at the time um she was like chosen for this camp that came from Disney and he was basically like, he didn't know much. So he was like, Oh my God, my niece is going to go to Disney. She's going to go to Disney. And you, you've been working all your life and you, what are, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> where, why are you not in Disney? You know? And so I'm like young, I'm like 14, 15 years old. And I'm like, wow, like I missed my opportunity. Like I missed, like I didn't know about these auditions. I didn't know about these auditions. So I'm like, I remember like probably crying. Or something. I'm like, oh my god, I'm not gonna be like an actress. I'm not gonna go to Hollywood. I'm not gonna go to Disney. Like, I missed my opportunity. And I remember telling this to my best friend, and my best friend said, "Oh my god, yeah, like this guy from school also got picked. It's like a camp on Disney." I'm like, oh my god, he did too. Like, how did I not know about this? <laughs> and so eventually, and like three days pass, and I'm already like super depressed. I'm like, oh my god, I lost my chance. And my my best friend calls me. It's a Friday night, and she calls me, and she's like. Jonest, pick up. Uh, I have the phone number. I I heard on the radio that they're doing auditions. Call, 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 call. So I call, and someone picks up. It's like already like eight p.m. or something. They're like, "Yes, we're actually holding auditions tomorrow at nine a.m. in this like place, which is like two hours away from where I lived, Fajardo." And I'm like, "Oh my god, yes, perfect." And so I basically, yeah. So basically, I I go and I. I I basically take my like I asked my grandparents to take me because like my mom my mom couldn't and my grandparents go and take me and I'm like oh my god like I see Phil Lewis who was like Mr. Mosby at the time and Zach and Cody I'm like oh my god this is real like this guy that I've been seeing on TV like it's it's real yeah so I um they had like this this commercial audition and I remember doing the commercial audition it was like a, like a Pepsi or something like Coca Cola or something like that audition and I did it. And then he was like, okay, well, thank you. And I was like, no, wait, can I, like, improv for you, please? Like, this is not enough. Like, I need to improv for you. And he's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. So I, like, decided to do this improv where, like, my mom was crying. And I, like, started, I mean, my mom had died, and, like, I started crying. And and he was like, oh, my God, like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I need it. Like, I need it. Like, it was, like, my one chance. So I feel like after that, I, I got the call. I got the call that I was chosen for this camp, and... And that's where I feel like wow. my life started changing. Um, how, after that, how old, how old were you at that camp? I was 15. Wow. wow. Yeah, I was I was probably like 14, 14, 15. And, um, and yeah, like for me, it was just like, it felt like, because in Puerto Rico, there's nothing, you know, no, nothing at the time, like nothing that I could have done that could like at least put me in the right 
path of like something bigger than than what I was already doing. Because um, you know, you you live in an island, and sometimes you don't even realize. Like I grew up in an island, I didn't know that. I feel like you don't understand that you live in an island until you leave. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, I was I was in an island. Like there's not that much. Like you, yeah, you only have what you have. There's not like you don't have the opportunity of driving somewhere to get more opportunity. You're stuck. Um. So when they came, it was like the first time that something that that big had come to wow. Puerto Rico and. And I, it felt like I had to give it my all. Like I had to be a hundred percent. I wanted to, I wanted that so badly. And that was the one thing that I have had been dreaming my entire life. So for me doing that audition was like, okay, I need to like, I need to get this. Mm-hmm. Like I need to be on this camp. And when I get the call, I'm just like, we, we started doing the camp and the camp was like every Saturday and Sunday, or I think it was every Sunday um for like three months and then after the after that camp you had the opportunity to meet agents from la but because it was puerto rico a lot of agents didn't come so adrian told me he's like you should come to the camp here in la over the summer like i'll be able to bring a lot of more people you'll be able to be seen and so a year after that i came was like i was 15 or 16 i came to to the yeah, to, to LA, to the camp. And that's really like when I was like, oh, this is Hollywood. Oh, this is, this is a business. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, and wow. that's when, um, that's when my, my dream changed. And I don't know, it changed, but really like I started thinking of it as like a more realistic thing and yeah. that I, it was more possible did than you, ever. So. When, you, when you went there, did you decide to stay there or did you go back to Puerto Rico and then move back to LA? So I was in 11th grade. I was like in the summer between 11th and senior year. And, um, I, I went and I wanted to stay. Like I had a lot of agents that wanted me, but I, my, like my parents wouldn't move for me. Like that was something that, and the funny part is that when my mom comes to this camp with me, she's like feeling like homesick. She's like, Oh, I don't know. Like, I'm like throwing up, like I'm feeling sick. I'm like, I feel like I'm homesick. And when we come back to Puerto Rico, cause the program was like only a month long, we come back the doctor tells her that she's pregnant. Oh. So, so on top of that, like, she's like about to have another baby. And I didn't have like really much of a chance to stay at that time. So what I did was, okay, I want to finish senior year in Puerto Rico with my friends. I want to have like, a normal, like senior experience. And, and then after that, I'll just come to college. And that's, that was like my idea. That was like, okay, like, I'm just going to, I already have this. I want to come to LA. I already know. So I'm going to, um, I started applying for all these colleges and I ended up getting picked by CSU LA, which was a state university. And I did my years there. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so while you were going in yeah. school there, I assume you kept going with your acting classes and everything too. Yeah. So I went, yeah, I, I did. So I entered the theater program and I took acting classes, which were amazing acting classes. And I did dancing as well. And then when I finished all of these programs, I was like, you know what? I, I really don't want to learn about stagecraft. I did stagecraft and all of those things, but I didn't want to, I wanted to do something more related to film. So I transferred and I went to, I, I changed major majors and I went to the, to the film, 
film and TV production classes. And I learned that I really liked producing and I liked having some sort of control because I, I got my first agent when I got here, like the first month in I had, okay. So I had basically, I had a five-year plan and my five-year plan was I'm going to get an agent. I'm going to get a manager and I'm going to do acting and singing and dancing classes. And that was it. I didn't expect to book anything. I didn't expect to do anything. I was like, just this is my five years to do this. Yeah. To train. And somehow I, I don't know. Then I I reached out to a couple managers and agents, and in less than a month, I had an agent and a manager. Wow. And I was like, oh, That's okay, fast. this is okay. <laughs> this is fast. Okay, so I'm going to school, studying, and also. You know, this is the first time that I'm like, I have a car here. Thank God I had a car at the moment. And I was just learning my way through L.A. I was 17. And I was like, okay, let's let's do this. Let's learn. I went to Valencia to meet the first manager. So I I was, I, I, I don't know, I had some courage. But now looking back, I'm like, wow, like you traveled all the way to Valencia to meet these managers that you have never known. But you just you went just with it. it. And yeah. Yeah. And, well, sometimes when you want so, something, yeah, you just got to go do it. You really do. You really do. There's no, as much as I believe in, in the universe giving you what what is for you, you have to, you have to, like, you have to put the effort. You have to believe in yourself 100%. Yeah. Because this career, like, I came here and I had a million no's. I've been having them. Like, you know, it's normal. It's normal to get a million no's. And, and so I think that's also why I decided to be in film because mm-hmm. I wanted to create my own films back when I got here which is five years ago I think five to six years ago I don't think that there was, there was that many opportunities for Latinos still this mm-hmm. shift of diversity just happened like three years ago really and so I'm like auditioning for these things and I remember auditioning for sharp objects and it was like one of this big, like it was a big audition for me. And, and I don't know, like, like the director really loved me. And I think it was, it was the thing I think may have been the fact that I was Latina and they were audition. They were like, they needed like that Southern vibe where like everyone is white. And it was like that. Yeah. So I feel like I didn't book that be- sort of because of that. I mean, they never told me, so I, I don't know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it felt to me, it was like, Oh, I'm Latina. Like, unless as a role, like unless the role is written for a Latina or someone minority, I will most likely not get it. Hmm. So I I decided to be a product like like study pr- producing and learning how to write and 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 do that. So one day I, you know, so I could do that for myself. And you could do the uh, the best of both worlds, act, and you could do behind the scenes too. Exactly, exactly, and and have some more control because. I kept going to all the ladies' auditions and I didn't really have any control. I felt like I was, I was in their, like it was their power, you know? And I just, I just felt like I wanted some sort of power, mm. some sort of power of my destiny over my destiny and over my, my future. Mm. So, I mean, so far, like everything that I've done, it's thanks to that same route, which is auditioning and yeah. um, getting to network and getting to meet people and just doing the work. But and certainly still want to have that sort of power and I have the knowledge now to whenever I want to create a film or produce a film or you know develop a project now I can and I have the connections to do so because I met a lot of filmmakers which was like the best thing I could have done to meet other people that thought like me 
So now you like we mentioned earlier, you recently starred in Apple TV's Little America. Uh, yeah. Can you tell the listeners what the show is about? Yeah, so Little America is an anthology series. It's a dramedy that focuses on um, on immigrants. It highlights the beautiful the beautiful lives of immigrants, and 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 it also highlights their lives in a beautiful light. You know, it's they're not they're not. It's so different from what we've seen in the past. It's a show that. Well, every episode is different. So every episode focuses on a different culture or a different different race. And we get to fall in love with their family and their and their roots. And we get to fall in love with each character and, and their journey in America or why they came to the United States or and why did they stay in the United States. So it's so beautiful because every episode is so different. And yet you realize that no matter how different you can be, no matter how different your language is, no matter how different your culture is, we are all the same. We have this, we're, we have a beautiful humanity. And I think that, especially now, what's going on, you know, with this, all, the awful things that are happening to kids, put, you know, getting put in cages because of papers, like something that they, they can't control, you know? Yeah. They're, you know, I feel like it's so sad because... You know, we talk about immigrants, and usually in, in the news, you talk about immigrants, but they don't give a humanity. They don't give a humanity to these people. People are sometimes get so lost in, like, well, they don't have papers. They don't think I'm mean, here illegally. They treat them like objects, like, like things. And I think that immigrant, uh, Little America, in some way, um, gives these people, gives, gives immigrants, a power, a voice that we don't usually get in media. Yeah, I can see that. So, yeah, and, and in a beautiful way, it never was meant to be political. I mean, some people say that, oh, you know, little America can't be political. It's never meant to be political. Yeah. We're just talking about humans. That's right. And the fact that, like, what? Like, because these humans are from a different culture, they it's political? That, that doesn't make it political. We just want to tell these stories in the most authentic beautiful way we can we can mm-hmm. and and to you know to open the eyes to everyone around the world like hey we are all the same no matter who you pray to no matter like no matter what you believe no matter what your language is we all want to be happy we all want a better life we all want to follow our dreams and i think that's what little america has and and gets to to do for for immigrants and and for hollywood right now and for everyone around the world it just just tries to let us know it's like hey we're all the same and now you You know and you and you play uh marisol how would you describe her so marisol is another thing that's amazing about little america is that every story is based on a real life story and Marisol is based on the life, real life story of Reina Pacheco, which is she's a professional squash player, amazing girl. I become really good friends. Before I got the role, I didn't know her, so I was really basing my choices and everything on the script and in the direction that Aurora was giving me, the director. But basically, Marisol is someone who, um, at first, doesn't have much hope. You know, she's. She doesn't have papers, so she thinks that 
dreaming big is not possible. She doesn't think that she can dream because how is she going to get to college? How is she going to, how is she going to be able to do these things that, you know, people like her don't do or in her mind, she thinks, well, I don't have papers. I don't, I can't dream. I can't be better than, you know, she just, she has kind of this barrier or this wall up in her, in her mind. And, you know, she comes from a poor background. She doesn't have much money to, to even get a good pair of shoes. And at the time she's, she's struggling because she's, she doesn't have good shoes. And she finds out that there's this urban program, squash program, that has shoes that will give kids free shoes, free squash shoes, to play, to play squash, to learn squash. And so this is really what takes her to learn what squash is, the need of shoes. And she goes and she goes to this urban program and, and then she discovers that she loves it, that she's good at it. And the coach sees something, she sees, he sees a fire in her. And he encourages her to keep coming, to keep coming and playing squash. And eventually she gets, she gets so addicted to, the, to, to playing squash. She's so good that this is what takes her in, in, in this journey of like learning how to play squash. And eventually she realizes that she can do something with squash, that she can become a United States. This is something that she never expected in the first place, but yeah. eventually she even gets her, um, her papers and her family's papers, and she eventually, like, her whole life changes because of that one, you know, sport mm -hmm. that basically gave her the you know, hope that she needed, how, that uh, she didn't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, like, how long did it take you to learn how to play squash? Four days. <laughs> yeah. So, basically, I, you know, I had a, a conversation with Aurora, which... She, she, we got cast through, I got cast through tape, tape audition. And so she calls me and she's like, hey, you know, we're trying to see who we're casting. You know, she, she wanted to just get a sense of who we were. And she asked me if I knew how to play squash. And I like, I don't, I really don't. I don't, I don't know how to play squash, but I kind of knew how to play tennis. So to me, it was like, well, you know, you hit the, with the racket, you hit the ball. So I guess I can, I can learn that. I can, you know, I'm a very athletic person. I would love to learn. And so when I get the job, it was like a Monday. I get the job on a Monday, and then they find me out on a like Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. And I get to New Jersey, New Jersey, and I'm I have a coach. His name was Eli, which was an amazing coach. I'm so grateful for him, and he taught me how to play in four days. Wow. I had to learn how to become a professional player in four days, and it was intensive. But it was amazing. It was really, really fun. It was a really cool, um, strategic. If you've, I don't know if you've ever played squash. Have you? Have you ever? No, I've never done played squash. That? No. It's so fun. You honestly, you get addicted. Like I understand why because it's such a strategic um, sport. Because you're in this square, basically yeah. in this cubicle, and you in this cube, and then you have to basically uh, be so focused focus that you never miss the ball mm -hmm. and you have to be strategic enough to hit the ball in a way that goes to a different direction you know and the, the opponent doesn't yeah. know where it's going so I think I think that's also the focus that I had to have for this role too which it helped too the the fact that I had to be so focused on squash it also put me in this very focused determined mode 
also when I was doing her, yeah. her, um, that character. It was like, it was, I had to be very focused throughout. And so basically we, we did squash for four days and then we, um, we worked for eight days. We shot oh, wow. everything for eight days. Yeah. What, what do you think was like the biggest challenge, uh, playing the character? I think the biggest challenge was, in a way, to be as authentic as possible. To um, I was playing Marisol, which is Mexican. She's Mexican, and I wanted to I wanted to be a very authentic. I wanted to bring the, the accent. I wanted to be very authentic. I wanted to bring her humanity and her essence to life. And so, because I didn't get to have a meet, like a chance to meet her. I was able to talk to the director and, and we were able to find that. And we wanted to find, you know, the relationship that she had with the family too. And so it was really important to us to be as, as um, close to her story as we possibly could. Yeah. And, and be res like respectful to, of her life and her journey. And I think for me, I, I remember my biggest thing was I, I had a picture of her. Even before in the audition, they gave me like a like the like, uh, basically they gave me like this little bio of her, and I had her bio, and I had a picture of her with a with the squash um, with the racket, and I put that picture on my wallpaper throughout the whole time through through the time that I was there, and I think that seeing her in my phone was what continually grounded me and. To me, that was like okay, like I'm doing this for her, I'm doing this for her, and it, I think it kept you focused. Was, it kept me focused, and it kept me, yeah, it kept me very driven to 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 do everything, you know, the way that she would have done it. Yeah, yeah. In the in that episode, uh, do you have like a favorite moment or scene? Oh, um, a favorite moment and scene, I would say, um. Wow, it's so I feel like every every part is so special. But um, I feel like it's crazy because I think one thing is doing it, and then one thing is seeing it. Yeah. So when I was doing it, I think that one of the coolest episodes was, or the the coolest parts was the final, the final like playing squash. Yeah, that the adrenaline that I had to have in that moment when we were shooting that was really fun i think that that for me was my favorite part that the, the 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 climax of it all that it's like that that moment where she's about to win or lose or like you know you don't know what's going to happen i think that shooting that was really awesome mm. but i think my favorite part seeing it i really loved the relationship with like the family the family really i really love every scene with the family and i think even I have a scene where I'm asking my mom about her new boyfriend. And for as an audience member, I feel like I love that scene so much because it's so relatable. Remember, like, you know, you talk to your mom like that when you're, especially when in Latinos communities, I feel like you have that like friendship with your parents. And it's like, oh, like, ooh, who is he? You know, and I think that's in a way I, I really relate to that a lot. Yeah. Of that little moment, that 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 chemistry that that we had as a family, I really love that. Hmm. Especially that, yeah. So you've been in the industry now for a few years. Do you have like a dream yeah. a dream role that you want to play someday? 
A dream role? Um, yeah, I feel like with Marvel, I feel like we're all over here trying to be heroes now. Yeah. <laughs> as actors, I feel like that's yeah. a big, a big dream for everyone. I think as an actor, you want to be, you want to be with the A-listers, you know. Yeah. I think my dream job is just to, my dream job is just to be a part of that group of mm. people. My dream job would be anything that takes me there. Um, I would, you know, my biggest dream right now, to be honest with you, is I would love to play Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez one day. Um, you know who she is, right? Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about her. I'm trying to like remember too. Yeah, Alexandra AOC. Um, she's the she's the Congress. She's a part of the. Uh, she's from New York. She's um, she's a politician. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes. from Puerto Rico. Yep. And she's such a strong. She. I mean, she's from New York, but she's such a strong woman, and she is. Um, she's in the House. She's a representative. Um, I hope I'm saying that right. But basically, she's such a strong woman. She's always. Uh, having something to say <laughs> and she's always protecting the people and I would love to at uh, some some day you know when I'm a little older to play her mm. I really would love to play her um, because I think she's she's an amazing woman and she needs a movie so hopefully one day I get to play her <laughs> so uh, on your downtime what do you what do you enjoy doing when you're not working I when I'm not working, I love working. You know, I'm always kind of like obsessed with being busy. Yeah. Um, but on my downtime, I love going to the movies. I love spending time with my friends. I really cherish my friends and my family, so I love spending time with with them. I'm very sociable, so I'm always talking and always uh, doing something. I love doing something with my friends. Um, I love going to the beach. I love traveling, and Right now, I am in the works of doing a collection with Bonato Milano 1960. It's a it's a company, a jewelry company from Monaco, and, and they approached me and they would like to make a collection with me. So right now, that's where my focus is going. It's yeah. a collection that it's it's for jewelry. It's a, it's a jewelry collection, but it's also it's more than that. Right now, we are picking our charity we would like to, i i said to like one of the big conversations was for me it's like i don't really care about material things i care about a message and i care about impacting the world in a way and for me it's very important that we create a we create a collection that that signifies more than just uh jewelry it's, i want my right now what i'm focusing on is is talking i want people to move like walk with purpose yeah i feel like for me 2020 is about walking with purpose and i want the collection to in a way reflect that reflect who i am and and i want people to walk with purpose to do things with purpose i think that everyone in the world needs to do that right now mm. you know whatever they do whatever the dream is whatever the goal is i think they have to always think about the purpose behind it and what they're doing for the community and what they're doing for people yeah, i, agree and I with think that. Yeah, and go, and going back with that, that reminded me a little bit about about the urban program that changed Reina's life. You know, I think that's also one of my favorite things about this show and this episode in particular is that this program. We need more programs like that that change people's lives, that gives hope to people that don't have hope, that don't allow themselves to dream. I think that I really take that with me. 
very like with my heart like i really i really cherish that about that episode that it really shows the, the difference that you can make with just one program mm. for for kids in need um and so that's what i like to do you know i, I like to do things that are fun but i also like to do things that are that come with purpose and and hopefully that and i, I keep doing that more and more yeah, you, years. you seem like the after talking to you, you seem like the type of person you just want to like help everybody out and you know spread positivity you know you, you just want to keep going with things yeah yeah i think i love you know i love acting and i love this industry but it wouldn't mean anything to me if i couldn't have a voice to do something more and bigger yeah. than me mm-hmm. and and i want to i I've, I've always been and it's thanks to my parents really like my dad and my family have always been very spiritual and very good people and very um they've always told me they've always um told me the significance of of family and love and forgiveness and spreading positivity and i want to be able to do that Mm. with whatever i keep doing i just want to always be able to change people's lives in a way i think that some people get so lost in in the moment and 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 they, they get so lost in in stupid things, you know? Mm-hmm. They get lost in in, in, in in small things that don't really matter. And I feel like if we all as humans in general decided to understand that, hey, like we're here together, that, that our relationships matter more, that our unity is more important, that we can do more together and that we can change lives if we just... If we just are positive and we believe in I think that we can just do more and I feel like people people need to become aware and I think that people are doing it I feel like this generations are they're more I think we're more we're fine we, we we're striving for something more mm-hmm. we want to have a purpose we want to do things that mean something yeah. and hopefully yeah hopefully I keep doing that <laughs> for other people <laughs> So uh, lastly, Jarenis, how can the listeners and your fans find you on social media? Yeah, so on Instagram, it's at Jarenis Corchado. So it's at J-E-A-R-N-E-S-T-C-O-R-C-H-A-D-O. And on Twitter, it's at It's Jarenis. So at I-T-S-J-E-A-R-N-E-S-T. And Facebook, Jarenis Corchado. Yeah. All right. And uh, I want to thank you for coming on. This was fun. No, thank you so much for having me and giving me a chance to talk to you and, and spread some some positivity. <laughs> That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, the MCCPodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.